welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Hi, this is Bob Hassan. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace with Sean Bowles. And Sean, here we are. I know. I'm so excited about our guest today, David Lee, because he's such a forward-thinking person. I've known him for a long time, over a decade. And he's helped walk so many of my friends through their, you know, just inventing their ideas and their business and setting their foundation for how they even want to engage the marketplace. And he's done these incubation groups and these, I mean, even my, one of my assistants went through one and she actually left us. She had a master's degree. She left us to start a business. And when she was with them, found out it wasn't the business she wanted to start and started a better business than the original <laughs> idea because she had wow. time with David to kind of work it through and doing listening prayer and listening to God, asking God questions. So one of the things that David talks about a lot, though, is disruptive technologies and disruptive real estate, which I got to ask him about that because I don't know what that means right. in the real estate market. But what are you seeing in these trends of the word disruptive? Because some people hate this term and other people are like, this is God. Well, I I don't know if it's God or not, but I look at these these businesses like Uber who disrupted the rideshare in the taxi oh, totally. business. It changed uh, everything. It changed everything, and so you you start to think about um, Facebook disrupted the way that we engage with people and food delivery. DoorDash, I've you introduced me to DoorDash, and I've become a DoorDash person now. Disrupted how you how you get your food or how you or go Instacart out Instacart for groceries or yeah i mean especially the app based ones I and mean, there's so many of them that um you know there's there's a whole way that things worked forever and in one year a company emerges that disrupts that entire trend i mean i know uber has had so much disruption to the taxi unions in different states and countries that they've had riots break out they've had murders happen against uber drivers in the beginning of this whole thing because it, i mean this was a huge industry where it was people's bread and butter. But then there's Uber, which is so much easier with a rating system. You get to see who's going to pick you up. You get to know what kind of car it is. You get to know, you just feel a different measure of connection to it than just hailing a a cab or a taxi in most cities. You know, like I love Uber. I use it all the time. It's amazing. I, um, once like when you're older, (laughs) I won't say like me, but you have to learn (laughs) these things. And I always want to do what we've always done. Uh, And so these disruptive technologies are, are so unsettling until you sit and finally use them and realize the value is so much better. Totally. And I think uh, the ease of access and the in, intuitive to human nature aspect of a lot of these, like, I know when iPads came out, all of a sudden my parents are playing games and connecting and doing FaceTime by themselves. We didn't have to go train them because it was so intuitive. <laughs> and they're in their 80s, right? So they start in their 70s. They're like, oh, no, we know how to do this now. I'm like, wait a minute, what? You don't know how to do this. And I remember reading one of the Apple executives who said that they took iPads to one of the poorest countries in the earth where they didn't have any technology at all, like on site. And they gave the kids iPads to play with and all the kids could scroll through and play with them right away. And he started to have tears in his eyes because he's like, what we've worked on works for humanity at any level, whether you're educated or not. And that's what I think, like there's this redemptive part of some of the disruptive, some of it, some of it I think can be very hostile, but some of it, there's a redemptive part where 
there's certain ways that we were made to work and there's an ease of ease of use and even a saving time. So we have more time in our family and our connected purpose that a lot of these disruptive technologies are bringing us back to. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to David Lee and hearing about uh, disruptive real estate and all the other things that he's going to bring with him. Oh, you're going to love him. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career and the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. Welcome to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast. I'm Bob Hassan with Sean Bowles. And Sean, we have David Lee with us today. We do. David's a good friend of mine. I'm so glad you're here, David. Yes, Sean. Good to, good to be here. And, and uh, it's a blessing to be with you and Bob. I know it's been so long since we've talked, talked. So I'm so glad we're going to do it on this interview. Isn't that, doesn't that always make it awkward and awesome at the same time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was reading through, I've never heard you say this one statement because I was reading through your notes, which I don't always refer to notes this way. But I love that you talked about the real estate group that you're working on right now, which is a disruptive real estate group. What does that mean? Well, um, you know, real estate, like a lot of industries are, uh, I think, ripe for innovation and disruption. And, um, you know, up to now, it's been pretty much the same model. You, you know, get the land, you, you build what you think will make money, and then you exit. But, I, I, you know, when I came back into this um, recently, I just felt like there was ways to change the ownership, change the way yeah. um, you can exit. And even while you're doing it, um, to be able to transform the neighborhoods around you. So you're not on an island building just on your plot of land, but you know, how do you affect your neighbors? And I think one of my mottos is, as a developer, we have to be the best neighbor we can be um, mm-hmm. during the building processes and even after. And so I've really mm-hmm. spent time trying to model that even into the exiting plan. How does that project continue to bless um, even after I'm done? So that's just, that's one of the ways that I think God's going to, to disrupt um, real estate. And, um, you know, you know, transforming pieces of property is continues to be a very powerful tool of, of, uh, of transformation. So, um, yeah, lots to do there. That's super interesting. Could you give us a couple examples about that? Because we all know what developers do and how bad yeah. they are. <laughs> um, there's a <laughs> oh lot that they do that do really well. And I've been, I've been blessed to be a part of really, uh, some amazing ones. I, I think one, Um, One that I think is very relevant these days is, you know, the whole thing about, um, you know, when we go in, uh, you've got, uh, um, you you know, you've got places and you'll see um, gentrification happen. And I've I've always struggled with gentrification. Um, Mm -hmm. You're bringing in value and it's great for those that own own property. But if you don't, you get kicked out. And if you're a retail owner, a mom and pop for years paying a certain rent. Um, now you can't afford it. And so that's always 
bothered me. And so I've worked on a model that we haven't done yet, but it's a model that I'm trying to propose for one of uh, hopefully the next few projects where um, we, we tie in ownership, um, even if it's a small part of the ownership of the new project, with those that have been there for a long period of time, and there wow. being the community. So I've set up a certain distance from the, from the project, and if you live within that radius and you can prove a long-term residency, I want to give you some ownership into what we're building so you can have ownership too. Hmm. And so there's, you know, it's, 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 it's models like, like, like that, I think, as developers, we can um, create, if we're, if we're willing to give up, you know, the take that we, we take you know, at the end of the day and give it back, I think it's a win-win for the project, the owners, and then those that will have to live next to it. And sometimes it's the first time they would have owned anything. And so, especially in Los Angeles, when there's a lot of transitioning communities, I think gentrification is, you know, it should be one of the few options. I think there's better ways to improve a community without having to kick people out um, because of the value you bring to the land. Wow. So that's one model. Gosh, I love that. I love that. That's great. Thank you for explaining that. Well, I'm going to kind of go backwards a little bit into just some of your history and, uh, you know, because you've done, you've been in business for a long time. And one of the things you've really, um, I've seen you do through the years, and I've had deep conversations with some of our mutual friends is you've helped people, and this comes back from, you might have to explain this, the, the groups that were around William Wilberforce, you help people to achieve their mission and you help people to figure it out, to figure, just entrepreneurs, business owners, developing uh, ideas and actually bringing them into substance reality. So talk about that a little bit. How did you start doing that and why? Yeah, um, there's a bit of a, uh, some pain in that story, but you know, God always uses that. Um, you know, back, I was uh, doing a lot of real estate uh, development back then. And um, prior to 2008, God had asked me to leave the very comfortable job I had in development and start my own. So, you know, one thing led to another. And as we all experienced in 2008, the huge crisis came and we did lose pretty much everything we owned. And there was Mm. a massive reset Mm. in my mind. Um, And, and, you know, the questions that I had was, of course, you go to the why me, why now, to later when God started to encourage me to ask better questions. And, and then we started to go <laughs> towards, okay, what is this unto? Is there something that I've missed? And so uh, during that journey, um, he started to speak to me about entrepreneurship, more than the entrepreneurship of businesses, but the mindset behind entrepreneurship being critical for the believer. And, and of course, this is all set with, you know, uh, within Bill Johnson's amazing message of the renewed mind based on yeah. Romans 12 mm-hmm. two. And for a long period, that was where I just sat and uh, meditated on. And as a result of that, we started an incubator, a few of us. Uh, it was faith-based and to challenge the mindset of whether you're in the ministry or not, if you're starting a business or if you own a business, that God gave us that twelve two, Romans 12-2 mind to help us see things differently, no matter what scale your business is at. And so that that can be, you know, used in, you know, in any business and in companies. And I've done that with athletes to uh, solo entrepreneurs, to com- to doctors who are trying to, you know, reinvent certain things. And it's the same thing. It's the same format of what God has spoken to me. So that continues to be a passion, which is also why the disruptive real estate development model um, is where it is, is because it started from 2008 and the Romans 12-2 model 
of you know seeing things differently, asking the different and the difficult questions, uh, not having to answer things with the with the same answers we're so used to, or maybe better comfortable um, falling back on. So um, yeah, it, it started from from pain, but it's really been a reset. And uh, everything that I do today is based on on looking at things in a creative and and and, and as much as possible a disruptive mind. Mostly, it starts with me disrupting myself first. Um, but yeah, it, it's everything I do, and it's something that I'm most passionate about today. No matter what I, you know, whether it's business or entertainment, or whatever, um, it's the key to everything. Wow. Well, t- tell us about um, where this all started for you. Where the kind of the journey of wanting that renewed mind, the journey of of the really the prophetic. You hear from God really clearly, and um, walking with God that way. Yeah, it, it start again. It so it's, it was from that pain point, and when you're when you're really struggling to figure out why there was a loss, and and it was tr- so a tremendous true. a tremendous loss, and you get desperate, and um and then everything you hold true to be you know your strength, it just you you relinquish. And so when we got to that place, you know, I went into you know got to a lot of friends, my friends at the, the houses of prayer, and it was in a place of prayer and intimacy where I started to hear him. Uh, instruct him in different ways, instruct me in different ways. And, and I think, remember the first thing I heard the Holy Spirit say was, you know, when you come to the Father in, the, in a house of prayer, um, why do you think I'm only going to talk to you about church? You know, my oh, wow. mind's about everything. So right. that's, good. that's when he, he started to speak to me about so many different things. And one day, uh, I think this is where it was like the most point and shift was, I used to go to the prayer room when it was my session and have topics to pray about. But it was like, you know, bring all your sketch sheets because, you know, I was trained in architecture. So I used to use these large sheets of paper to, to, to ideate because bring it to me. And we and it was like ideation time with God. And I would just wow. write down questions that he would ask. And he would literally go through details of, OK, this is who you call. Did you think about this? And I, I really likened myself as a scribe more than anything. And it was just hearing. So it's the prophetic hearing his heart and then writing it. And then I would just continue to process. And that really shifted the way I saw business. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I've got a great idea, guys. Let's go do it. It was, let's go hear his heart and let's hear what he's got to say. And it, it, it tangibly landed on wow. sheets of paper. And um, wow. so I remember that being the big mm-hmm. change. And so when we did the incubator, it was the same thing we've, we've had people go, you know, I would have certain exercises and I would have them go to the prayer room and they would come back with, in one instance, like one entrepreneur was missing some ingredients in his mix. And he went to the prayer room. I had some questions that they always answer. They come back and he literally had the ingredients he didn't know about existed that he heard during that time. And it completed mm-hmm. his ingredients. And then he went on to actually produce this mix that he's actually selling today. And I've wow. seen that happen where we, if we dare to ask questions with details, that means we're out of our faith levels at, at that point where we actually do expect details, not like God bless it. It was like, Jesus, I'm missing this and this and this. And then my expectation is that he'll respond with details. My faith has just gone to a different level. And I've noticed that. And so. Um, yeah, my questions with him regarding all my projects are incredibly detailed and I expect a detailed answer because that's wow. just who he is. I love the thought of ideation with God. And so many times 
we as business people compartmentalize ourselves from our jobs and our church and our family. And what you're talking about is this is this integration into into the whole being. And I think that what you're talking about details it 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 hits me because in the church we're asking for miracles like raise somebody from the dead, bring sight to the blind, uh, lengthen a leg, but very rarely are we saying, give us the missing ingredient, like you just said, David, I love that. And could you speak a little bit more about how you're seeing miracles in in your life and business? Um, well, there's there's a lot happening and some things are kind of like in process. So I'd love to share that when it actually starts to develop more, uh, develop more. But um, like the, we're doing an entertainment um, uh, startup and even that that seed came actually, you know, about a year ago. Um, and then during COVID, it, it really, God started to really speak into it. And, and I know I'm talking kind of generalities, but it was a seed thought that um, it was just through prayer time that I would get a question. Yeah. And, and it was during a time of prayer. And then this question would come and it had to do with aspects of the entertainment company that I didn't even know about. And he would say, have you thought about this question? And, and so it's it's been to, at least for me, the ideation and these miracles in terms of the business has always come in the form of questions first for me. Wow. Um, and hmm. I think it's that Proverbs, you know, verse where you know it's the glory of God to hide a matter and the glory of kings to find them. And totally. it's it's this treasure hunt hmm. that I've just gotten really addicted to because it's a hint, and and then comes the joy and discovery and and i think it transcends into ideation because uh like you're saying bob there is no differentiation i mean we do have the mind of christ and i think uh what i've enjoyed in in ideation is that there is a going back and forth and it's so much fun because it's so integrated with the prophetic and me it's not like suddenly there's a prophetic but it's like continual and so the Q&A with God has been, uh, I think, just so much of, of what I'm going through and continue to learn about and create because of that. One thing I did want to share about, I think, even the transition in my life is um, this model of, uh, you know, even with ideation, I, I think ideation is really uh, important, not only for my stuff, but I believe it's the ideation towards uh, solving solutions for our communities and cities. And so a model that I've really been trying to pray over and, and even start is based on William Wilberforce's Clapham Society. And it's a group of friends that surrounded themselves, uh, with, to, uh, surrounded William Wilberforce and encouraged him to change laws, of course, uh, ending the slavery in England. But they went on to, to change laws regarding child labor and, you know, animal rights. This is way back, you know, not it's, it's we're doing a lot of that now, but they had the foresight to go into that and they were all believers. And, and I believe that's a model for us as, and as you guys have been asking about the ideation and innovation with God, I feel like we can have clapping groups and societies throughout the country of believers that will ideate with God for the, the impossible um, issues of our cities, you know, whether it's LA or New York or wherever, wherever we're from. And that's, that's been uh, actually my next venture more than the businesses is can the church gather and really put into action what we believe he, uh, him to be, which is the, the most amazing mind ever because he is, he is the God of creation and wisdom. And so 
um, yeah, that's that's been my passion uh, outside of my business is can we can we create this Clapham movement um, where we bring ideation and innovation to solve the the most difficult uh, problems of our cities. So um, I know a lot of people are going to want to start those as soon as they hear your prototype model. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. So good. I think uh, you know, listening to you, I think there's a lot of people who over 2020, 2021 have experienced loss and experienced the death of a vision. Or I mean, you experienced it back in 2008 where you guys, like you said, you lost something. I remember that period was really hard for me too. Um, Bob had the opposite experience. He like he was flying in 2008 and having the best <laughs> season of his life in business. But um, you know, we all hit things differently at different times. But um, what would you kind of encourage people who've just gone through a season of loss to uh, in their business or in their marketplace or their career? What would be some good steps to where they could um, kind of walk out some of the stuff that you've had where they feel connected to God in the midst of that? Uh, wow. Um, one, I know, um, well, because I was married, it, you know, it was a journey and one, it was to acknowledge the loss and, and to mourn it and to yeah. and just to kind of uh take that in and because it was my you know maybe it's a guy thing but i was like i need to find the answer quickly and what yeah. i mm-hmm. what i didn't do was to quieten down in the morning to hear him because i was panicking so reaction yeah. was actually the worst thing and and i think you've said this a lot sean in a lot of your your sharings and and preachings too um Loss in business, I think I think even with you and Bob, loss is actually a big part of business. And so mm-hmm. I wish someone would have taught me that well beforehand because I was I'm such a positive guy. And I think one is if I had expected it, I could have gotten ready for it a little bit better. Um, but having said that, when you're going through it, I think it is it, it is allowing that time for that reaction period to stop. And then it's that deep inquiry of not the why question. The why question killed us. Um, it's, it's one of the most difficult questions for God to answer, mm-hmm. I think. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, at least, well, we can't comprehend it. And it was a community and going through an intimacy and asking the better questions, because within that, there was so much hope. I just needed to so hear good. him. And, um, right. The pre-2008 David Lee and the post-2008 David Lee, Sean and Bob, completely different people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. most of the people in my Rolodex now, I never knew prior to 2008. Wow. And wow. so uh, I think my wife would say, no, she would never go through that again because it was so painful. But in many ways, spiritually, it was one of the biggest, I think, second to my salvation was 2008 and the loss. And what God did to redeem it, but not only just redeem it, take me to a way different place than I could have ever imagined. Um, So looking back, it's going to be amazing. And I think surrounding yourself with people that have gone through it, I think, is the next thing I would encourage because they would show you the map and say, hey, we've all been there. It's just a matter of time and listen to why he's doing that in this way. And um, I think that would that would make it easier. But. I would just encourage anyone going through it. Um, it is not the end of the book. It's maybe the end of one chapter. Yeah. And the next chapter can be incredible. I think you should write yeah, a book really called um, The Questions We Ask. Very <laughs> 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 good one. Yeah. I, well, I love, the, I love the relationship you have with the Lord of asking questions because in my life, when I consult or talk to people, I'm always trying to ask good questions. Yeah. 
And questions are powerful because it forces us uh, and others to listen and think. And God gave us this amazing mind. And look what he's done with you since 2008. He's brought you out into a whole different thing. I love the fact that your Rolodex is all completely new. And I think some of the younger people listening to us don't know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> That's, That's true. I'm sorry. Wrong reference. <laughs> Your contact. Is that a contact list on my phone? Yeah. Is that the same yeah. thing? It's, it's yes. I, I actually was laughing a, a little bit when you said Rolodex. I was like, I hadn't heard that term in so long. That's amazing, Bob. Well, well you know, David, know, with um, some of the things that you're working on now, do you have any, and again, um, we can edit this out if you don't, but do you have any um, kind of prototype stories for how you follow God into a, into a business venture, into a business opportunity? For sure, for sure. I think, um, I, I know, uh, you know, years ago, my my understanding of my call was realistic development. And then that got shattered and then went into, into, into innovation. But I knew that was only the process. And so what's recently happened in the last few years has been like kind of the, the second half to complete my calling, which is entertainment. And again, Wow. This is very foreign to me. I, I've been a part of entertainment because of AEG during my early days. Um, so I've built for entertainment, but never within the industry. Well, a few years ago, God started to speak to me about it. And um, I don't know, you had Johnny Enlo at one of your conferences, and he does this thing about your calling with different signs and manifestations. And the manifestation I had for entertainment was so much stronger than business. It, wow. it kind of confused me. Hmm. And I was like, God, this is wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> what happened was just through one uh, event after another, I got invited into looking at business opportunities that had to do with uh, creating an entertainment company. And that is actually what has uh, continued to grow. And we are in the middle of launching a startup that has to do with venues and pro artist wow. Um, wow. Uh, uh, entertainment. Hmm. And we're launching a beta in January. And it's, it's uh, to me, it's, again, this is what was started through two questions. To me, it's a very uh, innovative model that I haven't seen, especially on the venue side, nor in the community side. And the response I've gotten from uh, friends and friends of friends in entertainment have just been, it's just God. And, and you know, and so I know this chapter of my life um, it would not be be a part of my life now if it wasn't for God because it was not an area of, of interest at all, and so awesome. it's only through favor and just you know this transition again. So that's a big part of um, today's you know new thing that he's doing. David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I love the ideation. I love questions. I think the listeners got so much, and we just appreciate you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. David, you are amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. I feel smarter just listening to you, and don't you, Sean? I know, exactly. <laughs> Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world 
can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Bob, I love every question that our listeners bring us. And if you want to ask us a question, you can just go to bowlsministries.com. It's B-O-L-Z ministries.com and just click on the top banner that says, ask Bob and Sean a question. Our next question is from Evie from Tampa. Hi, my name is Evie. I'm calling from uh, Tampa, Florida. I am currently working in a role in education. And I guess my question is, uh, part of the role that God has placed me in here is having that spirit of excellence like Daniel. How do you, um, or what do you recommend as far as the spiritual warfare that comes with that? Because, you know, obviously you're not going to participate in certain meeting gossips and you're definitely the uninvited person because you're shining your God light. So how do you continue to have that spirit of excellence and not feel, um, you know, just not feel the pressures of just being set apart while you're in the workforce for God? Evie, thank you so much for asking the question. I think we're so different in how we engage our work world. And there's some doctors who've told us, I can pray for people and it's not an issue with HR and it's great. And there's other doctors who are like, I cannot bring my faith on campus to my hospital, <laughs> except for in like a Bible club. Yeah. And it's the same at school. Some schools are very open about, uh, even if you're not being over in your faith, just your, the way you would represent your values or whatever else. And some schools are saying, this is our corporate values. And so you're going to have to either embrace them or be quiet. And I've had to learn both in the church and the world, both I've had to learn in ministry. There's, I remember being a part of a ministry that I didn't agree with a whole segment of their theology over women and eschatology. And I had to just not speak against those things, but not speak for them when I was on site, that I had to be, you know, represent them really well and everything else. And that's the divine tension of walking things out in the world and in, in the ministry world with groups of people is that we have to represent love as much as we can, keep our mouth shut as much as we need to, and preach Christ without using words. But then also, like, not letting it be a thing when somebody, you know, has a different value system in one area or another, or they're preaching something, you know, if it's a liberal agenda or something that you just uh, don't let it be your thing. When you know that's a school and you don't hold them to a Christian standard and you allow them to be who they are. And then you find the, the moments of victories that you need to be there, to be a light, to be a witness. And you're not going to win some of the losing battles when you're in a culture of a school that they've already made it, themselves known in their, that framework. So don't battle useless battles. Don't try and answer questions they're not asking. Don't, don't try and uh, reformat the culture of what they're doing when they've already set their culture, but serve them well. And then in the midst of serving well, you can very much so tell even leadership at times, I can't go along with this particular area or agenda in this issue. Um, can, we, can we walk that out together? Because this one's a really hard one for me, but I still want to serve here in a clean way. And I think each one of us has to learn how to do that no matter what atmosphere we're in is learning how to honor the culture we're in. Sean, that's so good. And I would add that our excellence comes from our character. And if we walk so in the character of Christ, 
Um, like Sean said, sometimes we can preach and not use words. And I just would encourage you to stay true to your character and stay true to your ethics and stay true to who you are. And I think you'll find the other thing that I always like to say is start to pray for people who who maybe are uh, not accepting what your thoughts or beliefs are and see what God does with them. It, it could be a really, really cool experiment for you. I love that. Thank you guys so much for asking your questions. And please feel free to ask us anytime by going to bowlsministries.com and clicking on that question. Ask Bob and Sean a question for exploring the marketplace. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.